The following program comes to you from the MNL Studios. And welcome into the Mark and Linda podcast. We welcome you on this melancholy Friday. The weather is kind of whatever, 60, and there's supposed to be a storm coming, which we just finished with a storm. So I don't know what the fuck's going on. It's just a thunderstorm this afternoon. Doesn't matter. We got a show for you people. And I mean a show. Today we got comments with Skeeter. On this day in history, do you like memorabilia? A key piece has entered the fray. Paul Stanley, lead singer of KISS, has released his choice, the top 11 singers of all time. What are the fattest cities in the United States? (laughs) What would you say? Then, what would you do? Apparently, Netflix is on to all of us. And today, we give you a cool stories in music. Um, so, so yeah. Uh, typically, in the Carolinas, March is uh, calm. It's pretty calm. Um, this one, we've had quite a few storms come through. Uh, but as I said, for some reason, we're positioned four hours from the coast and far enough south to where we don't ever get the brunt of a storm. We get the edge of it. Yeah. So uh, so that's good. Uh, but we've got this this other one coming in and I don't know exactly what we're going to get. Is it, It's not ice and snow, right? N- not again. I mean, last weekend it was fucking cold it was when cold. that front came in. 17. Yes. Um, but today is just a thunderstorm. And, you know, it's amazing to me how few thunderstorms we have gotten since Red died. When Red was alive and petrified of thunderstorms, it was like we were having them every other day. We've had more thunderstorms when we were in California than we have in North Carolina. Yeah, and Red was, uh, I mean, terrified. Uh, we would, at one point, we, we locked Red here in the studio uh, during a storm, and he chewed the woodwork uh, to the point where I still haven't fixed it, but I mean, he it needs to be replaced. That's how bad it was. And this poor dog at night, whenever thunders would co- thunder would come over, I would have to literally, and this was the only thing that worked, I would lay on top of him and just kind of hug him like a blanket. Yeah, because he just wasn't afraid of them. He tried to get away from them, yeah. no matter what. Yeah, he thought he could escape it. And I don't think Red likes them, but he doesn't, He, you know, he'll raise his head. The other night we had one, he raised his head. Walker. Walker, I'm sorry. I told him it was okay, and then he went back to sleep. So hopefully he's not going to be that way. Um, so, uh, I know that you guys like to follow me on, uh, Amazon and what I'm purchasing. And, uh, I made two purchases yesterday. Oh, good Lord. I, um, uh, we have a gym here and I have a, a mat, 
a, a rubber thick mat because you know I like to throw up the heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm in there, you throw know. up is right. And uh, the, the, it, it's never it's one of those kind that locked together, and for some reason this one just never worked. I could never get it to lock together properly. Part of it would, the other part wouldn't. It didn't work. So I got on Amazon and I bought new. What are you pointing at? The mouse. All right, I'll tell that in a minute. Um, I bought a new mat uh, for this. It, it looks like it's going to be more coherent as far as the attaching it. So I know you're pleased. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I mean, they shipped it. It's going to get here tomorrow. So I'll let you know the trials and tribulations of the new gym mat. It comes highly recommended. I spend way too much. Oh, in the same order, I also bought some new house shoes. Now, um, the ones that I've had them forever, they're UGG house shoes, men's house shoes. Old man talk. Yes. And and so the reason that I've done this, and I've had these UGGs, these, these ones that I've currently got forever, and for some reason, the front of them, the rubber sole of these old ones would catch. And it could be anything. It could be carpet. It could be hardwood floor. And I would almost go down. It happened all the time. Maybe if you picked up your feet when you walk. I pick up my feet Instead fine. of doing the old man shuffle. Excuse me. I don't almost fall wearing regular shoes. It was just these. So I have decided. I made the big boy decision. Let's get rid of those. And I bought some new ones. Um, Amazon tells me that the ones I've ordered are without question the most comfortable shoes you will ever wear. And you know what? I believe them. It's Amazon. Oh, oh my God. So I've got gym mats. I cannot wait to see how ugly these shoes are. Oh, I almost ordered the yellow ones just to annoy you. Uh, But I went black. I got the black. Uh, So I got gym mats and new house shoes. Pumped about both. Can't wait. The moment those shoes arrive, they go on my feet. The moment that gym floor mat arrives, it's on the floor. That's how I roll. Mm-hmm. Um, so I go out this morning, um, and uh, I'm going back and forth to the paint room, doing a few things, and I'm getting ready for the show. And I go, I go walking past my chair where I usually sit, and I see something, and I look, and it's this little bitty field mouse. And it looked like he might have been born maybe a day ago this is a little baby i don't know how he got away from the nest or or whatever the thing went but i think he was just born so my mind immediately goes to walker walker there was a baby lizard walking around and you know he's baby because it's spring and things are being born um walker almost got him uh the lizard was slow it's not that walker's quick but he's faster than that lizard so now i've got a little field mouse sitting here and i got walker and he's not out here yet so I left and I went to the paint room hoping that this little mouse would scamper. Um, I've been in the paint room four minutes. I get a text. Come here now. It was from Linda. And I go, and this field mouse hasn't moved. And she's holding Walker. <sighs> so they go inside. And I, the only thing I can think is to just get a tissue and pick him up. And I say tissue. I don't know what's on him. You know, I, I'm sure he's cute and lovable, but I don't know what's on it. I will say, I mean, he is a mouse, so it, but he's very cute. He's a little baby. He's got those big ears. His ears are bigger than he is. Yeah. And so I went to pick him up, and he didn't really want that, so he started moving. And I got to tell you, this confirmed he was born about a day ago because every step he took, he would wobble. He almost fell over. He's not wobbling now. He's running around out there. 
If, do you see him? Because I put him in. I, got him I just in the, saw him come out of the bushes and run right to where he was. Okay, good. Well, I think he's getting stronger because that little fear he just went through with me and then Walker coming outside. Um, I think he realizes this ain't Kansas. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, we've got that issue. It's not a snake. It's a field mouse. He's cute, but Walker would eat him. Flat out, just fucking chew him up. Oh, God. Ugh. Linda called me one day, frantic. I was driving home from work. She calls me in the car. Oh, my God, Mark, JoJo just ate a bird. The bird had flown into a window and knocked itself out. And JoJo, being a lab, ate it, a full-grown full bird. And Linda goes, what do I do? And I said, well, just wait, because the bird's coming back up. And it did. A uh, couple hours later, JoJo brought that back to us. And uh, it was, I found it, it was on the ground and it was just a feathered mess. But all you could see in the middle of the mess was a claw. And it looked like it was just ready to grab something, the claw. So dogs do this. You know, we love them and they're great and they sleep in our bed and they eat their own shit and they eat live things. And Walker would, he would have eaten that mouse. So a lot of drama. Well, speaking of Walker, I feel like he's going through something because he's turned into a bad dog. All, this week, I mean, we've had three accidents in the house, and I feel like they're not accidents. I feel like he's like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to poop right here. And he's starting to bark a lot, Yeah. and he's not sleeping, and he wakes up ready to see what he can fuck up every day. Well, I don't know that it's bad dog. I think it's one year old. I haven't looked it up, but I'm willing to bet you if I did, I'm going to see those very things. He is taking shits in the house in places that he's never really even gone. And we've, we haven't had an accident in, I can't even remember when. And now we've had three in one week. And then, like last night, I just moved my ashtray, scooted it across the table. He barked at that. I mean, relentlessly barked at that. So uh, this is, you know, we have a one-year-old puppy and he's going through one-year-old puppy crap. And we also, this being spring, we're not like anybody. We're, we're just like everybody else. Uh, we're cleaning out um, and we're going to call 1-800-GOT-JUNK. So I'm getting my piles ready. I'm right Ooh, now. Those rubber masks can go. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. That was the reason I did that. I was waiting for the time that we were going to get that. So I think I'm going to go with the much maligned but often used two piles. One pile here in the backyard, one pile in the front. And I've got quite a bit for them. Um, because, you know, the thing of it is, is that when you decide you're going to call 1-800-GOT-JUNK, it's a minimum 200 to come. So you want to make sure you get rid of, rid of anything and everything you may want to get rid of in the future. Do it now because the guys are coming. And even if they come pick up one box, it's 200. So I want my money's worth. So I'm going pile in the back, pile in the front. A lot of that is because the stuff in the back is the heavier stuff, and I don't want to drag it all the way up. I mean, how these guys are young, and they're, they're paid, so I'm not going to worry about it. 1-800-GOT-JUNK, coming to the house pretty soon. <laughs> um, so I wanted to read this. Elamu says in the chat, we were at a gathering at a friend's house, and my Labrador came out into the backyard of the house, the owner of the house's cockatiel in his mouth. Oh, geez. Dead? I wonder. I don't know. <laughs> It, it once it's in their mouth it's or cockatoo whatever it is yeah it's it, usually if it's in their mouth it's not gonna it's not gonna go well the dog may think they're playing the cockatoo don't especially a lab and they just die 
But, you know, labs are, are, they have the instinct for birds not to like, well, except for Jojo, she ate that one. But, I mean, they're duck hunters, so they know that they're supposed to put it in their mouth lightly. Mm. Yeah, Jojo didn't. Mm-mm. Ate that bird. Um, and then work continues on this project I've been talking about, it seems, every day. There's something to be done, and that will be the case for the rest of this year. Uh, but I will be on Heidi and Frank May 4th to give that announcement and tell everybody what we're doing. Um, you will, as I said, you will learn about it here on this podcast one hour before I do it on Heidi and Frank. So join us here. Join us there. Finally get that out and be done with it. Uh, oh, oh, hold on. The bird lived like eight years after that. That The dog did it twice. Jesus. <laughs> and on that note. And now. Hey, Rocky. Watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. Again. Nothing up must leave. Crystal. <laughs> no doubt about it. I got to get another hat. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. Mm. Oh, I got to have the mouse for that. And my Inco is acting up. Hang on a second. Oh, geez. It's really acting up. And now, I give you comments with Skeeter. Cindy says, love, 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 daylight saving time. Mm. Love it so much, would like us to stay on it and not have to go back to standard time in the fall. You're by yourself. The later it stays light, the better. Enjoy some after-dinner sunshine on your pier. You know, I, when I was younger, I liked the days being longer. But now, I get up early and it's fucking dark until a quarter to eight. I'm sick of changing the clocks. Yeah, me too. And there's no real sound reason for it. Um, It's money. The more daylight there is, the larger chance you're going to get in your car and go spend money. And that's what they want. Oh. I got no problem with that, but I don't want to change all the clocks. Okay, I'm going to read this comment to you and you tell me what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. Jeff says, 9 a.m. on Sunday, 8 a.m. all other days. 9 a.m. on Sunday, 8 a.m. on all other days. Uh, the time he gets up? No. The time he takes a shit? No. I don't know. It's something that you read and we talked about on last week's show. 9 a.m. on Sundays, 8 a.m. on other days. You eat? The leaf blower. Oh, oh, sure, sure. Okay, yeah. And yeah. that's all he's put. So it took me a minute to figure yeah. out what he was talking about. Yeah, that's solid. I mean, you are going to sleep in. We're talking about what is the proper time to use your leaf blower or a piece of lawn equipment that makes noise in regards to your neighbors. Um, I like the 8 a.m. during the week. 8 a.m. seems like a proper time. Most people are up by then. Uh, and then 9 on the weekend, people sleep in. That seems proper. I like where he's going. I could go with that. He changed his mind from last week. Now, when I was, uh, you know, working my way up the radio chain, um, at one point I had uh, a 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. air shift. So I didn't go to bed until 5 in the morning. If then. Yeah. And uh, you kind of know then your sleep is going to be disrupted by the sounds of the day. And you can't bitch about it because you have no point. No one's going to listen to you when you go... I don't go to bed until five. Well, fucking get another job. <laughs> you know, so you just don't bitch about it. Kathy says, you know that exciting feeling when you are looking forward to a future vacation or when you were a kid waiting for Christmas or the last day of school? That is how I feel about May 4th. 
Oh, geez. <laughs> well, you know, don't go crazy or anything. It's just a, a deal. But uh, uh, I, I will tell you, I, I have treated this particular project like I do any of them. Movies that I've made, things that I've done. I do my very, very best. I work hard on these things because I want them to be as good as I can make them. And this one is no different. Mark says, all hail the return of the RG. Mm. Mark, I hate to correct you, but you fucked up a smidge. When you were playing songs with time in it, the Boston song you played was foreplay. Long time was the song that played right after the short interlude after foreplay. Shut the fuck. What's his name? Mark. Mark, shut the fuck up. Foreplay, long time, whatever. Because I didn't get to long time, you're going to... Look. There were, and, a, there were a couple of uh, those corrections. I, I don't give a shit. And, and also, for you to open up with a lie saying that you hate to correct me, no, you don't. You're a pig fucker and you know it. Jesus. Chris says... You know, there, there's not a comment. There, there's not a comment like I really enjoyed that that music frenzy with you know songs. Hold up. All right. Chris says, Mark, thank you. All right. The work you put in on time songs brought tears to my eyes. Yeah. I loved it so much. It was a time capsule of my life. Yeah. You even snuck in some Led Zeppelin and Allman Brothers. Yep. Too good. Yep. Thank you for all that you do. All of us old longtime fans still can't get enough. There you go. And, you know, uh, what, what most people don't really say because they don't realize it, but being a jock for as many years as I have, my ability to mix music live on the spot is as good as anybody. Uh, I'm not saying I'm the best, but I'm damn good. And my mixing on that particular, which I'm embarrassed to say it. No, I'm not. It's what pros do. I practice it. I want to get a feel for the beginning of the song and the end of the song so I know when to do it. Um, and this young lady who just sent that very nice comment, as opposed to the fucker of all pigs right before her. You mean Mark? Uh, Ma'am, I appreciate your fine comment. What if it was a girl? Thank you for being positive. Chris could be a girl or a boy. Then pig fucker no matter what. Boy, girl, fucking pigs. Not Chris. Chris is the person that left the nice note. See, now you're confusing everything. I was very the clear. The pig fucker had your name. I was very clear who I complimented and who I called a pig fucker. I like to try to define those areas. Clearly defined. Compliment, pig fucker. There we go. Okay. Deb says, hey, Mark. So was that a joke when Linda told you that it was March 11th and you said tomorrow's the 12th, yesterday was the 9th? At least I got math that I learned in school going for me. That's about the only thing. We had two of those comments. Well, actually, we had like three of those comments. On that? Yeah, because and yesterday was the ninth. I love the fact they're listening mm -hmm, that carefully. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember saying it. Steve K says, so people are afraid to use public restrooms to go to number two? I think your cleaning lady would now add the RG bathroom to the list of restrooms not to use. Yeah, it's it's dicey in there. Um, you know, I'm older and things happen. No, we're talking about you walking in on the lady. Good Lord, man. Oh, well, I've see, I was so scarred by that, I've blocked it. Mm. It's as though it never happened. Uh, yeah, that was pretty terrifying for me. Not so much for her. She wasn't moved by it at all. But, I mean, to see the cleaning lady sitting on the toilet there with her pants down around her ankles, it'll scar a man. Oh, Lord. I became a different person in that moment. Okay, Denise says... I squeal like the bitch that I am. Mm -hmm. Denise says, you can buy Taco 
Bell mild sauce in a bottle at the grocery store now, at least in SoCal. I'm going to have to look for that because I like that sauce. Well, the Taco Bell, see, I go hot. Yeah, you go hot and I go mild. Um, yeah, Linda's ability for spice is gone. But uh, yeah, I go hot. And, and I, I would get a bottle of that because that taco sauce is pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. If you uh, if you don't trust me or believe me, try it. Uh, try eating a Taco Bell taco without any sauce. It's just bland and nothing special. It's the sauce that, that works. Yeah. So I'll get a bottle of that shit. David says, hey, M&L, I was listening to the show about Mark not being able to change your water filter and laughing my ass off when the shit hit the fan at my house. I was in my garage when I suddenly heard what I thought was a snake hissing. Oh, geez. Well, lucky for me, it wasn't. The sound kept getting louder and louder, and suddenly I heard a boom, and lo and behold, I had water going through my garage. Ugh. I turn off the main water switch, which Mark doesn't even know where that is here, but I do. It's true, I don't. Um, open the door to the house and get hit by knee-high water rushing out. Turns out the main water line oh. ruptured under the slab oh. in the bathroom. Oh, my God. Just goes to show you don't want to fuck with water. You know what? That right there, what he just described, that is a very expensive problem. I My heart goes out. Mm-hmm. That is that is not good. Holy shit. You know, that's grounds for suing the, the person who sold you the house. Well, not really. Depends on how long. Yeah, that's that's that right there. Well, I mean, things are going to burst. They're going to rupture. No, I got you. But but did you hear? That water rupture was under the concrete slab of the foundation. Yeah, things get old. God. Oh, my God. It happens all the time. Uh, Oh, by the way, you know, we told you that one of our water heaters, we have two giant tank water heaters. One burst several years ago. Uh, We're working on getting rid of those and going with the tankless. Yeah. Um, there are advantages to that. There are also disadvantages. But I got to tell you, the money that we wound up having to spend to clean up the water damage that occurred when that happened, I- I'll take the negative side of these these waterless tanks. I'll, I'll do that. Yeah. Because that was crazy Well, you expensive. still have some water, but not like gallons like are in those things. Right. Yeah. Uh, Linda says, hi, RG and Linda. Just want... To know, I just want you to know, Linda, that I agree with you. I totally hate the Wizard of Oz. Show the kids when they are young so they won't remember it. <laughs> see, see. I agree. You know what? I don't even think that I can sit with the grandbabies and watch that. I'm looking forward to showing them so much other stuff. Like, I can't wait to sit down and watch Tangled with them. See, That's going to be great. See. The Wizard of Oz has a life point to it, and people are missing it. Aww. Now, that's why it's well, classic. Well, maybe just me and Linda are. Uh, no, I guess there's others, but it's a beautiful film. It's, I mean, she says it all. She says everything you need to know at the very end of the movie. Don't tell us the end. Don't spoil oh, it for God. some people. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I'm absolutely sure. It doesn't matter what I do or say. It's wrong and I get corrected. I hate to correct you. Um, okay, Mary says, and Mary, this made me laugh out loud. Imagine this, if you will, Onyx, 13 years from now, listening to her father singing Kokomo. She'll be so embarrassed. <laughs> As we all are. I'm not embarrassed. All right, and then our last comment comes from Rico. Hello, RG and Nana. My name is Rico from L.A. RG, why you hating on Devo? 
They are such a good group to see live, and they have more songs than just Whip It. Mm. I'll give you my top five. I am not going to read the top five, Rico. Um, I'll take the Pepsi challenge to your top five sing songs to prove my top five Devo songs any day of the week. So I just picked one out of these five and I asked, Did, were you able to get it? Mm-hmm. And I asked Mark to get it. And one of his favorites is Uncontrollable Urge. Now, the, the reason that this is a thing is because Devo's being considered for the Hall of Fame. And I think that's bullshit. They had one hit, Whip It, uh, and then whatever. And, you know, he's saying, oh, no, they went much deeper. Well, not in my world. I, I didn't, I've never heard this thing that I'm about to play. Well, most of us have never heard a lot of Devo. All right, so here it is, Uncontrollable Something. Urge. Burr by Devo. for it at all uh, i feel like i've heard that before though that music I'm, I'm just dun, dun, I, it sounds a little bit like i don't i don't know well just for this i'm just not a devo guy uh but hall of fame come on i mean seriously come on think about that hall of fame for what that no not in my opinion now we can agree to disagree i don't care for it i'm glad you do no. obviously there are many that liked it it sounded like something that led zeppelin would play how dare you how dare you just the music no not the voice no i don't 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 you dare Oh, somebody else heard that too don't you throw led zeppelin anywhere near the same circle as devo uncontrollable urge i got your uncontrollable urge (laughs) between my fucking legs all right now that we've handled the Devo section of the show, we can check that box off. Let's do some of this. History. 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 That happened, and we all let it happen. Now, um, I'm going to start off with uh, a birthday. Uh, and that uh, this is a birthday of one of our greats, also a gentleman that happens to be a friend. Kurt Russell is 71 today. Oh, I think it was yesterday. Is it? Yeah. Uh, Thursday, yes. Uh, he was 71. Happy birthday, Kurt. Now, uh, we had Kurt on the Mark and Linda podcast. We were in L.A. Uh, doing the show out of the KLOS building, and Kurt came down to promote his wine. He has a, a, a wine line uh, named after his housemate goldie 
Um, and Kurt was imbibing. He was drinking the wine. Um, and he was, uh, I don't want to say drunk, but he was loose. And I have a clip that I'm going to share because in his movie Tombstone, which many lists, if you type in Kurt Russell movies ranked, Tombstone is always number one. There's a point in the film where Kurt's character, Wyatt Earp, says, you tell him I'm coming and hell's coming with me. I brought that up. So what you're going to hear is a slightly drunk Kurt Russell talking openly about his thoughts on that moment. Let me get it. God damn it. I apologize. My system is messing with me and it's pissing me off. Two lines that are the making of the turn are Kurtz. And he says, you tell him I'm coming and tell him hell's coming <coughs> with me. That's it. Well, there's, there's an interesting thing there. I've always appreciated that because that to me is one of my favorite, you know, an actor, when you go into like, when you're a kid, you go in to get the job. You're trying to get the job. You're trying to do something that you think they... And then I stopped doing that and just started doing my thing. And then I stopped doing that completely and only did my thing. And then I realized how Humphrey Bogart was able to say, here's looking at you, kid, <laughs> instead of here's looking at you. Mm. And when I, when I was doing it that night out there on the set... I'll tell you what doesn't matter is when a man says to you in that situation, you tell him I'm coming. You tell him I'm coming and hell's coming with me. You know what? That doesn't mean a fuck all. You know what means something when you're somebody? Mm. You tell him I am coming. Mm. <laughs> that's a bigger problem. Uh, yeah, and that's, that's what was great about that moment was I suddenly went, oh, this isn't I'm coming. This is I'm coming. I'm coming after I'm, you. The, the, That's something you didn't figure on. The man you back. have no idea God what that means. It. And it's like, and <laughs> I said, he's insane I'm with that. Mark. Fired up. Yeah. I'm about to beat he's motherfucking in, yeah. ass. He is insane about that. <laughs> it's like it. you have fucked with the wrong cowboy. God damn it. God <laughs> damn and that's it. what's fun the about those movies. Uh, and you tell him I'm coming, and hell's coming with me. You hear? Hell's coming with me! Daniel Boone was a man, yes, a big man. Uh, it was on this day, 2010, actor Fess Parker, who played American hero Daniel Boone, died of natural causes at 85. I'll tell the story quickly because it stands out as odd. We would take the kids to the beach. Uh, when they were young, and we would always stay at the Fess Parker Inn in Santa Barbara. We liked it, nice hotel. And so we got there on Friday, and we slept. I woke up, and my light is buzzing on our house phone, uh, our room phone. And I'm thinking, well, it's, you know, they want to get in the room and clean. I listened to it, and it, it was Fess Parker. Uh, and uh, he was inviting the family to come up to another town that he owns and have lunch with him. I've never met him. I don't know. I've never met him. But, I, I mean, it's Fess Parker. It's fucking Daniel Boone. So I called him back, and we scheduled it. We drove up, and I found this interesting. He owns another hotel in this town, and he had set up, it was, it was a big deal to him. He set it up on the table, and he had found out, not from me, the age of her children. 
and he had placed at their place setting a toy that they would enjoy. It was very nice. Yeah. I remember that was a very pleasant afternoon. It was. I mean, and we sat and we chatted about, there was there was no agenda on this. He just wanted to get together. And so uh, we chatted about things that matter. Um, and then we he said, would, <laughs> who can say this? He, he goes, would you like, would you like to see my winery? So we get in the car and we all drove mm-hmm. to his winery. His vineyard. He took he took us in the thing and, and showed us the grapes and the and then we wound up in the the, the lobby and he ordered up some uh, snacks and wine, opened up the wine, and it was a crazy great afternoon. I never saw him again. So thank you, Fess. He gave Matthew one of his um, coonskin. Yeah, a Daniel Boone hat. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there you go. Fun to be us on that particular day. Two thousand six. On this day, Daryl Hall and John Oates Day was declared in the city of Philadelphia. We had Hall and Oates many times on the Mark and Brian program. And he was laughing as he talked about that day. They gave them the award and Daryl set it down on the chair behind him. And he said, in true Philly fashion, when I went to pick up the award to leave, somebody had stolen it. So they were given the award, but to this day, he doesn't have it or know where it is. And to show you my brilliance, this is why I am the RG. The award that they were given after it was stolen was now out of touch. Okay. It's that little thing. It's those little pieces that you, people you don't respect. But. Uh, Correct the RG, but I remember hearing that story, and in my head, I hear him saying they were given the key to the city. It says right here, declared Hall and Oates Day, so I think that means you get the key to the city. And someone took the key to the city that they were given. And your point? It wasn't an award; it was a key to the city. Good Lord, you're just like all the rest of them. <laughs> I got to tell you, people make fun, and, and, and I've I've praised pop music here on this program. It is by far, not even close, the number one music format in the world. And if you ever want to sit and wonder what kind of music does Mark like, Hall of Notes. Does, doesn't everyone? I mean... No. Oh. And, and I just love this one because it's just so funny. It was on this day back... Back in 2004, Courtney Love is arrested 
because she conked a club goer on the head with her microphone stand. Oh, wow. You're out of touch. I'm out of time. But I'm out of my head when you're not around. So good. Happy birthday to Sir Michael Kane. This dude, come back to me. Uh, uh, I apologize. It's, my system is really messing with me. It looks and, like you need a mouse pad. Uh, Michael Kane is 89 today. Know your limits, Master Wayne. That man has no limits. Well, you do, sir. Well, can't afford to know him. What's going to happen on the day that you find out? We all know how much you like to say, I told you so. On that day, Master Wayne, even I won't want to. And another birthday. Billy Crystal is 74. I don't want any false flirtings. False flirtings? Mm-hmm. But what if you're like me? What if you don't encourage them and they still come after you? <laughs> it doesn't happen. See, women need a reason to have sex. Men just need a place. It was on this day, 1968, the Beatles released the future number one Lady Madonna. Lady Madonna, children at your feet. Wonder how you manage to make ends meet. Who finds the money when you pay the rent? Did you think that money was heaven sent? Friday night arrives without a suitcase. Sunday morning creeping like a nun Monday's child has learned to tie his bootlegs See how they run Lady Madonna, baby at your breast Wonders how you manage to feed the And this turned out to be a pretty good day for the Beatles. A year earlier, the Beatles released their 13th song to hit number one. Penny Lane, there is a barber showing photographs. every head is at the pleasure to know. And all the people that come and go, stop and say hello. It was on this day, 1965, Rolling Stones, Mick Jagger, Brian Jones, and Bill Wyman pissed on the wall of an English gas station after being denied permission to use their bathroom. They were charged with insulting behavior, tried and fined five pounds and court costs. Wonder why they couldn't go to the restroom. They're hippies. This is one of my, you know, I don't like a lot of the Rolling Stones, but mm. this is one of my favorites. It's my very favorite.
today at the reception A glass of wine in her hand I knew she was gonna meet her connection At her feet was a footloose man You can't always get what you want can't always get what you want You can't always get what you want But if you try sometimes Well, you might find You know, um, just this second uh, And Walker's barking I can't let him out, I don't know where the mouse is I think you're fine Yeah, you say that and then Look, we can't protect the mouse forever. Uh, I was reminded one of the little bitty things why I enjoy the world of podcasting versus terrestrial radio, and I'm by no means comparing the two. But the freedom to say things like they took a piss, you can't say that on terrestrial radio. There are specific rules set down by the FCC. They're pretty big on human excrement, bathroom behavior. You can't really allude to taking a dump um and and in that world obviously i can't say took a piss but i in fact i couldn't say um peed on terrestrial radio i would have to say urinated and that always bothered me because that's not the way i talk i get it and i understand but i enjoy the freedom of being able to say took a piss all right all over the song that i like uh let's go uh let's test you it was on this day in what year fuck schick released the very first electric razor 1952 1931 damn it You know, everybody, uh, every guy does it differently. I've, I've seen a lot of people, they enjoy the electric razor. Um, and I get it, it's quick and, and, and you're done. Uh, but I, I guess I'm old school. I like the feeling of putting on lather and shaving with a razor. It, there's nothing cleaner. So an electric razor, while convenient, it's just not as refreshing and it's not as good. There's more stubble on the thing and i don't want to hear your comments i don't care you're using your electric razor oh mark it's really really close i don't care i like to shave and then i like to splash on aftershave after the thing it's my thing it's my bag it's what i do um all right linda's out there with the dog trying to protect the mouse and i'm telling you the mouse is gone but she's out there with walker here she comes let's find out what happened what happened nothing is walker back in with you all right, let's waste no more time. It is time for Cool Stories in Music. Now, as I've uh, mentioned to you guys before, I've always had a thing for one-hit wonders. 
uh, a group or an artist will come out with a song and it's a smash hit and then you never hear from them again. Um, today is such that. It is another one hit wonder by an artist called J.J. Jackson. Now I'm not talking about the MTV DJ who I got to know. He worked for KLOS for a while while I was there. Um, this is a musical artist who had a big hit in the 60s with his song. And you know the song very, very well. But I thought that the, the story behind it was fairly interesting. And it has a fairly decent, I'll bet you didn't know. J.J. Jackson really kind of came from gospel. He grew up in the church, which is where he would sing. And he was a good vocalist. Uh, but his foundation was gospel, and he wanted to start writing gospel tunes. So he did, and nothing really came of it. He would write them and record them and then sing them at the church. And in church, they all loved it because they were filled with, you know, Jesus. Uh, but there were no hits that came from it. And so then he was approached by this small little record label. I think it was called Viola there in his town. And they said, we like the way you sing. Would you like to sign a contract with us and release an album? So he was kind of excited. And this would not be gospel. This would be rhythm and blues or, or whatever he chose to be, but it would not be gospel. So he went to the musician friends that he had that he'd met at church. These are the guys that played behind him at church. And whether you know it or not, the connection between gospel and rock and roll is strong. Um, most of the musicians who play gospel are rhythm and blues or soul artists. Um, the two go together very, very well. Um, and so J.J. Jackson approached his friends from the church to play on his album. So they did. They made a full album of music and Viola released the album to nothing and they released a single that did nothing. This was 1966. Then four years later, 1969, Warner Brothers bought the company that owned Viola Records. So Viola was now a product of Warner Brothers. And the job for some people at a record company when they acquire other properties is to go through the product that is now theirs and see if there's anything. Just listen and see if there's something we need to know about, something good, an artist that we missed. Who do we now own? So one day, one of these people goes to the CEO of Warner Brothers and he goes, there's this album that I listened to from an artist on Viola and the album is not very good, but there's this one song that I think you might want to hear. And so they did and they released it and it went top five. Now, as I play it for you, um, you're going to hear J.J. Jackson singing it, but I want you to listen to the musicians. All of these musicians that played on this album with J.J. and played on this song went on to great things in jazz. But the one particular one, the bet you didn't know, I want you to listen to the horn section on this song, primarily the trumpet player. Uh, because he went on to something that you'll all know. So here it is, the song that started with Viola Music, 
was released by Warner Brothers and hit the top five. That's the wrong version. shout out uh the gentleman on guitar who played that entire riff he was the core of that song his name is terry smith he became a jazz great uh but now you heard the brass and the reason i bring it up dick morrissey is his name mr morrissey went from playing tenor sax on but it's all right with jj jackson to becoming a proud member of the group that you all know and love for their one hit wonder basically the average white band To make a point, 
uh, that was brought up last night. Linda and I sit down and we'll watch a little something on TV before we wrap up our night. We've been watching this pop movies thing that talks about the history of certain films. Uh, And last night, the topic was Forrest Gump. And this movie obviously went on to become one of the biggest films in history, making boatloads of money. It's one of my favorite movies. And in the middle, here's something a lot of you don't know. In the middle of making it, the company that was funding the project started bitching about the budget. And it was only 50 million. Ridiculous. It was only 50 million, but they were nervous. While they're shooting, the company came back and said, listen, you're over budget. We don't want to spend that. Dump the whole shrimp thing. Just get rid of it. Because the boats are expensive. Just dump that out of the script. And Tom Hanks and the director um, were incensed. They opened up their pocketbook, Tom Hanks and the director. Um, I don't remember the okay, director. They, they each put in $10 million of their own money to finish the project. And the company that was budgeting the film um, kept trying to pull other stuff. They just didn't believe in the project. And it went on to become the classic because these two men believed in what they were doing. The reason I tell you the story is because Huey Lewis and the News redid this song, but it's all right. But at that point, Huey Lewis and the News wasn't the powerhouse they were in the 80s. So the record company gave them very little money for production. So when they re-recorded this song, you can listen to it and tell that it was done on a shoestring budget. But for shits and giggles, here is Huey Lewis and the News with But It's All Right, if I can get this to work. Sounds like it was recorded in someone's garage. Is cool stories in music. Nice. And also, <clears throat> the director's name of Forrest Gump was Robert Zeme- Zemeckis. Yes. I mean, he, he's huge. Zemeckis, Back to the Future, huge, all these films. And so now, here's the studio, Paramount. And they've got Robert Zemeckis directing. They've got Tom Hanks starring. And all they did was bitch. Yeah. It just, it incensed me. Yeah, but they were happy to get up there and take that Academy Award for it. Speaking of watching stuff, if you have not watched The Adam Project on Netflix, that is a must. It is one of those yeah. movies yeah. that, for me, I wish I haven't seen it so I could see it for the first time. Yeah, it's, it's damn good. And Ryan Reynolds is becoming Mr. Netflix. Uh, because he had this one. And Red Notice. Uh, that's the one with The Rock. Yeah, that was, that one was good too. Well, Ryan, seems to me he's understanding where this whole thing is going in the, in the film business. 
theaters are done. I mean, I went to see Spider-Man, loved it in the theater. Um, I will go see Elvis in the theater and will love it. But for the most part, the days where you buy a ticket and stand in line for a big hit movie are just kind of over. I can't wait for Spider-Man. You're going uh, you, to... To you, be able to rent it. I mean, you can buy it now, but, you know, I don't want to buy it. Well, I, I just want to rent it and watch it. You guys have heard me say that um, uh, the days that we have enjoyed various films and, and, and in a certain way are, are done, and all America does is make big-budget superhero films. But, I, but having said that, and I'm correct about that, or at least in my opinion, uh, they do it so well. When I was watching Spider-Man, this, this latest film. I knew Linda's just going to fucking adore mm-hmm. this thing. Just adore it. Because I've seen all of them. You haven't even seen all of them. But and, I've seen all of them. I, I just can't wait. And they did this thing so fucking well. So I'm pumped about that. Um, but Netflix is cracking down. Um, if you and your family share the same Netflix account, Netflix hadn't said much about it. You know, you give your password to the kids or whatever the thing, and everybody watches it, and that's fine. Uh, but now, net, let me just read it. Apparently, the company is looking for ways to secure Netflix accounts across households as though the way we've been doing it for the past several years wasn't secure enough. Uh, this new plan will come with a bit of a price hike of $3 a month, and you'll probably have to disclose how many households or members have access to the account. The non-sharing feature is being tested uh, before rolling out for the entire company. So, Netflix is the biggest of the streaming companies. And I'll be honest with you, I'm fine with the $3. It cost me three, and then everybody in our family can watch Netflix on our account, which I, I do want to block one thing. Our fucking kids get on the Netflix account and they have fun. You know, when it pops up, who's, who's watching your profile. Yeah. They keep changing <laughs> my picture into the most horrific thing. Like right now I'm a Neanderthal man on Netflix or, or a beast. It's got horns. <laughs> Funny to them. Let me tell you something. Hey kids, you're hurting my feelings. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I love it. I never know what it's going to be. I have my own account, and I don't share it with anybody, so I'm I'm good. Yeah, well, I you know, I, I do it, um, but but just get ready. Netflix is going to make a charge, but I, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. You may not three bucks a month. Come on, get a paper route. Shut the. Well, fuck I mean, up. they're going up to like almost sixteen dollars a month. It started out as wasn't it? 10? Wait, I just said three. It no. They're increasing it $3. Right. $3 a month for the account. Right. So and everybody can share it. it. Okay. But it's, yeah. What was 16 It's, they're, they're raising the price. No, three, you mean a person is $3? Oh my God. I got an email that Netflix is raising its price to almost 16 bucks. I took it that they're only going to raise the new plan three, it says here, $3 a month. And that way you can share it oh, legally. I, okay. That's the way I took it. Well, my individual account's going up. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just click when it says click. Right. Um, 
Question, do you jump out of bed in the morning energized from a great night of sleep, ready to take on the day? Yeah. Um, a new survey found that only 30% of adults say they wake up feeling refreshed. Another 30 who self-identify as bad sleepers say they wake up at least five times a night. Oh, Lord. And people responded to the survey saying they got excellent sleep, went to bed on the early side, 930. Mm. And they said they got a great night's sleep. Since I stopped drinking, the which, sleeping became a lot more consistent. Which Mark just celebrated three years on Wednesday. Mm, I did. Congratulations. Thank you. And I had ice cream. And I had, we went to Trader Joe's, which Linda thought was World uh, Food World or whatever. It world was. Market. Oh, no, Food Market. Food World. Whole Foods. God damn it, that hurt. So we finally get to Trader Joe's. I mean, it took us two hours because I went to the wrong place. So I'm walking all over the store and literally every corner, every shelf had this little a plastic tin of cookies. These little bitty peanut butter cookies. Peanut butter crunch. And I thought, well, these things must be fucking great. They're everywhere. Or they suck and they're trying to get rid of them. So as we're checking out, because I didn't get them. I'm trying not to, you know, eat fat things, M&Ms with almonds. You mean sugary things. Oh. Um, and, and they were sitting right there by the checkout. And so I said to the guy at checkout, I said, are these any good? And so he said, dude, you dip those in your coffee? crazy great and so then oh okay so linda said we'll get one and yeah. we and we did well this guy that i had asked didn't shut up about it he just he started to relive it and go on and on well they it's not that they're great but they're fucking good but they're really good when you dunk them in your coffee i did that yesterday afternoon yeah linda was funny she opens the thing up and then she second guesses dipping it. you know if i dip it then there's going to be flakes of cookie in my coffee and i don't know if i want to do that within seconds she dipped the whole fucking thing <laughs> in there bits or not yeah um so so yeah um the one thing about sleeping now versus sleeping when i was drinking um, the sugar that you get from the liquor that helped me get to sleep also woke me up. Yes. So, so now once I do get to sleep and I'm still not a great sleeper, I've never been a great, it takes about an hour for me to get to sleep. Um, cause I'm busy. I got the, you know, it's hard to calm it down, but once I get to sleep, I'm out, out for like at seven 30. I sleep solid all night unless walkers pull in shenanigans. And most days I get up feeling really good. Now, I'm because of my years of getting up for a radio show, I learned how to adapt to very little sleep. I could go good on three hours. Not me. I know that. You could if you had to. Well, I've done it before, but it, it's not pleasant. No, it isn't pleasant. I didn't enjoy it. And you do live your life in kind of a gray place. Mm -hmm. You're just not rested. Right. But I could do it and I could function. So now getting even five hours is a crazy great night. But if I get seven or eight, which happens periodically, I, can't, I don't know what to do with myself. Right. I get up and, fuck, I feel great. Yep. What's going on? And what should I go do? I don't want to do that, but I will do that. <laughs> I'm rested. So if you are having to consider the, the sugar part, the sugar thing is a big, big, big deal. They say don't eat 
two hours before you go to bed. And if you do, a bowl of ice cream is not what you want to go with. Try to avoid the sugar. If you, if you, as you start approaching bedtime, don't eat. And if you do, don't eat sugar. A little word to the wise. Okay. Paul Stanley has put out his top 10 greatest singers of all time. And I was. Can I ask you something? Yes. Why do we care? Well, you don't. Okay. But it's Paul Stanley of Kiss. And, and I'll be honest with you. Um, I've met Paul on several occasions. Really good dude. Really, really solid, nice man who listens and responds. I love him. So he came out with his top 10 singers of all time. And he couldn't get it down to 10. He made it more like 13. Uh, number 11, Ann Wilson. I'll give you the, I'll play a clip of the top five. Okay. Uh, number 11, Ann Wilson of Heart. There's a tie at 10, Brian Johnson of ACDC and Lou Graham of Foreigner. Uh, number nine, Brad Delp. Number eight. Who is Brad Delp? I'm not sure, okay. but I've heard the name. All right. Uh, number eight, Steve Perry. Number seven, Janis Joplin. Not so much me. Uh, number six, solid, Paul Rogers. Number five, in Paul Stanley's mind, number five best singer of all time was... Never seen a blind man cross the road. Rod Stewart. Mm. Trying to make the other side. Ever seen a young girl growing old. Trying to make herself a blind. Couldn't agree more with number four. David Ruffin of the Temptations. tell you I have a bone to pick um, when we worked with the temptations on the adventures of Mark and Brian uh, this this song just my imagination is a classic and when we were doing that show I noticed that the temptations as many groups do they had sped up the song and made it a lot more energetic to do it live and I'm thinking you have a classic on your hands and what do you do you fuck it up do it just like this. It was just my imagination running away. Soon we'll be And Paul Stanley's number three. Number two is Steve Marriott. I didn't buy the song. He's the lead singer for The New Faces. 
and humble pie. So I think humble pie. Oh. It's not my bag. I don't have it, and that's number two for him. For Paul, this is his list, not mine. Uh, number one greatest singer of all time. I can't really argue the point. And as soon as I can get this to work, God damn it. Robert Plant. And we never even got to Robert, but I uh, disagree with that. I would have put number three as number one, Freddie Mercury, and I, I'd have put Robert Plant, you know, number thirteen. Well, you hate Led Zeppelin. You can't even talk about Led. Zeppelin. Oh, did he sing for Led Zeppelin? <laughs> I, I thought he was. I'm sorry. I thought he was. He's the singer for the Who. God. <laughs> but anyway, I I would have. Yeah, I would put number three as number one. Freddie Mercury. Yeah. I could go there. Yeah. I'm not going to fight with you. All right. So oh, here hold you. on. Somebody, uh, Aussie says Brad Delp was Boston's lead singer. Oh, sure. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I like it fine. But again, this is Paul Stanley's. Um, I have an idea. I shouldn't tell you what it is. I have an idea for a, another podcast and I'm going to do it, but I don't want to say it because somebody will steal it. Okay. I don't like to share my genius. Okay. Um, okay. So from the mother-in-law hell department the closet of mother-in-laws a woman's mother-in-law was spending the night with her and her son Mm -hmm. and the mother-in-law came in and demanded that she sleep in the master bedroom oh wow the daughter-in-law sensibly refused her that set off an argument get this wait though where were they going to have her sleep I mean, was she going to have to sleep on the floor or? No, guest room. Uh, okay. She demanded the master bedroom. Listen to Walker. The, the daughter-in-law said no. Her husband. Oh, the, no, said yes, of course. Husband took mom's side because, as he said to his wife, it's only one night. When the woman refused again to cave in, the mother-in-law stormed off at midnight and went to a hotel she should have done that earlier i mean these are these this is the woman's house why would the mother-in-law feel like that they she should give up her room and her bed correct but she stormed off Hmm. and took her son with her his choice he followed mommy Oh, my God. In the car, and he slept in the hotel with her, and... Oh, my goodness. He turned off his phone so his wife couldn't get in contact with him. (sighs) You know what, lady? Cut them both. Let him have mommy. He clearly chose mommy over you. And it's ridiculous that a, anybody would come into anyone's home and demand that you sleep in the master. What a fucking asshole. Yeah. Ridiculous. I'm going to let the dog out. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let him eat that baby rat. No, the baby mouse is. I haven't seen it. Uh, that's because Walker ate it. No, I've watched him. <laughs> uh, all right, so there we go. I mean, that's just that's ridiculous. Are you gonna miss the fat cities? No, don't. I want to hear them. <laughs> all right, we'll just sit here and fucking wait, because now she's outside. Oh God, there's the rat. Walker's eating it. No, I'm kidding. It's not a rat. It's a field mouse. I just did him. No, you didn't. All right. Here we go. And I'll go ahead and tell you, we, not we, I, you have lived in one. I've lived in two. Your top 10 fattest cities in the United States. I'm just going to say North Carolina is one of them. Oh, you said cities. Oh, then I don't know. Well, I mean, it could be a North Carolina city. Yeah. Charlotte. Number 10, do you get the idea that Linda's not enjoying the fine folks of Charlotte, North Carolina? It's, n- it's not that. Uh, there's just a lot of heavy people here. Number 10, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Too many crawfish. Mm. Number nine, Augusta, Georgia. Hmm. Number eight, Shreveport, Louisiana. Louise, Louisiana, Louise, Louisiana. 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 A lot of people just say Louisiana. Louisiana. You might say that. I don't say that. I say Louisiana like I just did. Mm-hmm. Number, did I say Little Rock? Nope. Little Rock, Arkansas, number seven. Number six, Birmingham, Alabama. Mm. I work for some fat people in Birmingham. <laughs> I really did. Good folks. Good folks. Just fat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> number five. Jackson, Mississippi. I almost lost my life in Mississippi. Number four. I've not lived there, but I've been there. Mobile, Alabama. Number three, I lived there. Knoxville, Tennessee. Number two, fattest city in the U.S. Memphis, Tennessee. See, all these are pretty much southern states, cities. Um. I can go ahead and tell you every single one of them is Southern states. <laughs> is that fried chicken? Um, I will tell you and this. Grits. Before we move on from Memphis, I will tell you this, and this is worth it. Um, if you go to Memphis, the two things that you should do, obviously go to Graceland. Even if you're not a fan, it's great, and I think you'll enjoy it. But the, the other one, especially if you've got kids or grandkids, Um, you might want to consider one night at the Peabody Hotel. The Peabody is downtown Memphis. Um, And while downtown's not in great shape, the Peabody is a classic hotel. A lot of shopping, good restaurants. But the thing you want is in the morning and in the night, the ducks come to the fountain. They have two celebrations. Yep, they have a parade. It's a ceremony. Uh, the duck head, the head duck. The duck master. Duck master. Uh, the, it's pretty funny. I mean, they line the carpet, the red carpet, from the elevator to the fountain. And people start gathering three, four hours to get a standing spot to watch. Well, it's as cute as it can be. And so then the ceremony begins. The duck master comes in and gives his speech. And, um, and then the elevator opens and the six ducks 
walk, walk the red carpet, hop in the fountain and start swimming. And then to close it out, they do it again that night at seven, five, whatever time it is. I think it's is. like at four or five. The duck master comes, blows his whistle. The ducks get out of the fountain, walk the red carpet to the elevator and go back to the roof where they live. Now, the story is pretty fun. The guy, years, years, years back in the 20s, the guy that owned the Peabody was a big drinker. And he and his buddies would go out and uh, get plowed and do whatever they did do. So one night, he and his buddies went out, got drunk, came and passed out in the lobby of the hotel. They woke up the next morning and a bunch of ducks were swimming in the pond, in the, in the fountain. And they were so drunk, they didn't remember where they got the ducks. But that was what started it. And so generation after generation, the ducks come and swim. It's stupid. Oh, it's cute. They, here's what makes it great. They take it so seriously. And that's really cool. So I would suggest one. So stay one night at the Peabody, stay the second night at Graceland in the Heartbreak Hotel. It's down at the end of Lonely Street. And, and while you're there, eat barbecue. You can ask the taxi drivers and they're going to ask you the same thing. If you ask, what's the best barbecue? Wet or dry? They're going to ask you dry rub or sauce. What do you like? You have to decide and then they'll tell you. So now. So you like dry. No, no. And I like wet. No, I, I like I like sauce. I don't remember the barbecue being that great there. Well, we went, I said dry, and we went to a restaurant that has the dry rub, and we didn't enjoy it. Mm. So we need to go sauce. And I'll tell you, unless something has changed, Memphis, part of it, it looks like it's been through a war. We drove through a section of town getting to Graceland that honestly has just been abandoned. There's nobody there. So there's... There's some things that are not great, but there's other things about it that are great. So do if you decide to go. Okay, the least fat cities in the U.S., five of them. Wait, what was number one? Oh, the number one fattest, McAllen, Texas. Oh. Yeah. Wow. All right, here we go. Number five, least fat, San Jose, California. Number four, Seattle, Washington. Number three, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Number two, Denver, Colorado. Number one, least fat city in the U.S., Boston. Hmm. They may not be fat, but they cannot fucking drive. No, they can't. I really, I really thought every time I went there to visit Matt that I was taking my life into my own hands. If you're walking on the sidewalk, drivers do not fucking care. They will take you down. Yeah. So know that. I'm not joking. Mm, not. Um, all right. Those of you that enjoy memorabilia, this is a key piece. And you need to, you know, have some money. Our very rare piece of Wizard of Oz memorabilia has hit the auction block. It is the one and only oil can used by the Tin Man in the 1939 film. Uh, the item was originally owned by actor Jack Haley, who played the Tin Man. It was given to him when filming Wrapped, 
and he held on to it for many years before it was eventually sent to the Academy Museum of Motion Pictures in L.A., where it is currently on display and will be until November. Mm -hmm. Memorabilia experts believe the item which is part of the artifacts of Hollywood and music auction, will sell for what? Now, this is the one and only oil can used in the film, owned by the guy who played... You mean, you mean the film that I hate? Why do you need to bring that up? Nobody gives a shit that you don't like one of the greatest films See, ever made. because to me, it's not worth a lot. Nobody so, cares. So I would say, you know, $5,000 for the oil can. Let me go ahead and say that you are a bit off. Okay, 50000 Tad off. 90000 it can't be over a hundred thousand. I mean, it's the fucking oil can. The oil can used in the Wizard of Oz by the Tin Man, the one and only oil can used in the film, because why do you need two? Well, I would assume that you always have two of everything in case something happens to the first one. Well, that's normally the case. But this is the one that was used and kept by the actor who played the part. Pretty sure this is the one. <laughs> The starting price. Pretty sure. The starting price for the oil can owned by the Tin Man, kept for years, then sat in a museum. It's the one and only. The starting bid, and it will go up from this, way up, is $200,000. Good Lord. Yeah. Trust me, it's not going to go for that. This is a key item. In the world of memorabilia, you know, look, the thing with memorabilia. You know what? I would say the red shoes were a key, you know. Oh, they are. But the thing with the red shoes is there were many of them. Many. Right. Uh, but they're, they're out there. They've been sold. Uh, Dorothy's red slippers. I mean, that's, that's a key item as well. Yeah. And the thing with memorabilia is that, you know, especially with the key stuff, the big stuff, they're great to have if you can afford it. And somebody once said, I know a guy who's in the world of memorabilia. And, you know, he said, there is no set price for, for key items of memorabilia. And then he said something I never forgot. The item is worth exactly what someone is willing to pay. Oh. That is how much it's worth. <clears throat> so if you've got, I'm going to go ahead and say, you know what? I don't think this is going to start at 200. It's not going to stop there. It's going to for sure go to three. And it could, if it gets crazy, it could go up to half a million dollars. Uh, it's not the only oil can. <laughs> it's one of 26. <laughs> Wait, you're going to trust someone mm -hmm. in Art, the chat. Art, artsy girl, uh, Carolyn says, oops, one of 26. Six, there were many oil cans. All right, so you're going to believe somebody in the chat. Well, she said she saw it on the news. Listen, you're going to believe somebody in the chat versus this sheet of paper? Yes. All right, that's up to you. Because I can't imagine there was only one oil can. Okay, but look, this particular oil can was used in the film and then given to Jack Haley, 
who kept it. And then it sat in the Academy Museum of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences in LA. So it's Jack's can. How many times have I said that? that that's what is making it more valuable. You think? Well, you keep saying only one can. No, it's Jack's can that's making the money. There was one can used in the film that was given to Jack, who kept it, and this can sat in the museum. You keep changing the words. I don't change (laughs) shit. You haven't heard it. (laughs) There was one can used in the movie. Um, I will say this, and then we got to get out of here. Things are starting to shape up with the Academy Awards. There have been two. I'm talking about films now. There have been two award shows already. I think there have been three. There's been a lot. SAG and the Critics' Choice are the two that I know of. Okay. Um, Right now, Will Smith. Oh, I hope he wins. He's so good in that. That's a great movie. It is a great film. All of you should see it. It's a true story. And Will Smith was wonderful in it. So he's already won the two awards given for Best Actor. So right now, he is the front runner for that. Now, a lot of times, you know, you've seen it happen. Um, somebody, some actor wins every award leading up to the Academy and then all of a sudden the favorite doesn't win. That does happen. I just don't think it's going to happen this time. I think Will Smith is going to get him an Academy Award. When are the Golden Globes? Did we miss those? Uh, I don't think they've had them yet. Oh. Um. Right now, Jessica Chastain, who played Tammy Faye Baker in her own production of The Eyes of Tammy Faye, uh, has won both. So she's the front runner for Best um, Actress. Um, she was great. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that movie, too. From there, it gets, I mean, you, you could go for Best Picture, uh, the power of the dog seems to be gaining momentum, and the director Jane Campion, um, though she had a faux pas in her acceptance speech the other night, that could cost her. But the power of the dog, um, I've seen it. Um, I don't. I, I had to look it up, and I'm an astute movie goer. Well, you told me it was a book, and they only took out they only use sections of the book yeah well the book is in three sections part one part two part three they chose to make the movie with only part two and three and they were giving us things on part three at the end of the movie that we needed to see the first part of the of the book to know it so i had to look it up because i didn't know what it meant i i i I obviously respect the production of the film i just don't i don't think it can be the best movie well i mean but it's already won so many awards it's won a ton yeah it, and there's a lot of Belfast in here. There's some West Side Story. Hair and makeup is almost a gimme. For Tammy Faye. Right? Well, yeah, for the, for the eyes of Tammy Faye. Yeah. Uh, best comedy, Licorice Pizza won that. I saw that. I mean, I, eh, it, was, it was okay. It, I, it was okay. I loved it. I know. And, it, well, there was just one part that I couldn't get over. And I don't Which wanna, was? I don't want to say because people haven't watched it yet. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. So, but right now, out of all of them, it seems like Will Smith is a lock. I hope so. And it looks like Jessica Chastain. Which, look, if if you do or don't like the movie, uh, it's really a depiction of what happened with PTL. But you can't. 
not see. Andrew Garfield, is that his name? Right. He was great in that. He was fantastic. Yeah. Um, You can't forget how good both Jessica Chastain and Andrew Garfield are in their roles. Played them perfectly. So there's a lot of watching to be done. Okay, let me give you one quick joke, and then we'll get uh, uh, birthdays. Uh, a desperate-looking pretty woman. This is from uh, Aussie. A desperate-looking pretty woman stood poised on the edge of a cliff about to jump. An old guy came wandering by. He stopped, and he said, well, you know, look, since you're going to be dead in a few minutes and it won't matter to you, how about a quickie before you go? <laughs> she screamed, fuck off, you old filthy bastard. He shrugged. He turned away and then said, all right, I'll just wait for you down at the bottom. <laughs> no, that's not funny, but it really is. <laughs> she didn't jump. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good stuff. All right, work with me here. Joni from Portland was born in 61 and is turning 61, but she didn't tell me when. Sometime in March. Uh, on 317, which was yesterday, which makes today what, Mark? If yesterday was the 17th, what's today? 18th. And what was the day before that? 16th. Good job. Thanks. On 317, um, Sandra from West Covina turned turned 49, and on 319, and I'm sorry, I don't know if this is Noel or Noel. Noel. Vinto is turning 70. If your name is N-O-E-L, and if you actually go by Noel, you're an asshole. Well, Noel is a girl's name. Noel. Okay, so it's Noel. Um, And you don't need to pause it because I only have three, and I'm going to stumble over Noel. So you think you can do it? It's three. Just say no. Well, is it a girl or a boy? It, they don't. They didn't tell me. So I'm just gonna say Noel. Or say Noel. I'm gonna say Noel. All right. Okay. You may say Noel. <sighs> Noel or Noel. You're fucking with my mind. Now I'm shut the fu- fuck up. Nobody has to fuck with your mind. You do that all by yourself <laughs> and do a fine job of it. All right. Here we go. Okay. What will she say? Noel or Noel? No one knows until she says it. Okay. We won't know. It does have a little bit. And he was in the chat, or she was in the chat earlier, and I should have asked, and I didn't. Why would you ask? So that I could get their birthday right. Fuck them. All right, here we go. Okay. Happy birthday. Let me get this back. Buck, 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 Joni, Sandra, Noel. Jesus. Oh, I stopped it. All right, let's go again. I stopped it. I got it right. Okay, let's go again. Here we go. I'm sorry. I stopped it. It's my fault. I fucked it up. And you said Noel. She may say Noel on this time. So here we go. It's good drama. Joni, Sandra, Noel. Happy birthday. Noel or Noel. Well... Uh, you can say what you want about today's show. 
but I think the highlight for me and the highlight for all of you was the fact that we got to hear that really great Devo song. <laughs> we got to hear that in its entirety. Hey, I, yeah, we did. How about you? That made a better day for me. So we haven't uh, figured out exactly when we're going to be heading back to California to see people and kids and all that crap. But we're going to be here for a bit, so you've still got some shows to go. Uh, and we're going to put our best foot forward, unlike today. No, hey. Devo was a highlight. Yeah. That was a highlight. Everybody, you go. Oh, my goodness. Noel or Noel is back in the chat. Tell us right now. Tell us right now. What? Tell us what? If, if it's he's the girl or a boy. Oh, fuck him. Uh, y'all have a great week. We'll see you back in here next Friday. Damn it. Bye, y'all. It's Noel.